Ashi Yishla Tu Hayudim Heimabisanayam. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to another episode of Shalom with Ersham Shoshim Yom. Today is the second day in our quest to learning all about the holiday of Perm. And today we are going to be starting with the second Mishnah in Mesechah's Megillah. But first, I wanted to present and say over a fascinating idea that I heard yesterday in Shul on Shabbos, and I wanted to explain it then something that I think will add a lot of light to the Mishnahs that we are learning. So in Sefer Ovadia, um, Perak Aleph, Pasuk Yudchet, it says the following in the Pasuk. So what the Pasuk says is that the house of Yaakov will be a fire, and then the house of Yosef will be a flame. And then the house of Esau will be straw for those um, previously mentioned fires and flames. So the idea essentially is, is that Yaakov and then Yosef will ha- do some sort of destruction towards Esau. The Gemara Bava Basra picks up on this and the following discussion takes place. So Rabbi Shmuel asked, asked the question to Rabbi Shmuel Bar Nachmani. Ktiv, it was written in the Pasuk, when the Pasuk says that, that Rachel gave b- birth to Yosef, and then Yaakov says to Lavan, he says, send me away so that I can go back to my own place, to my, to my, to my own country, um, which is in Bereshis, Perak Lamed, Pasuk Chafhev, um, Genesis 30-25. So, so ask um, Rabbi Chabo, Rabbi Chabo asked the following question. Maishna ki et yalid Yosef. So what became different once Yosef was born, that Yaakov felt that he would then be able to go home? And so answers back, um, answers back, Rabbi Shmuel Bar Nachmani. Yaakov Avinu she'ein zaru shel Esav nimsar el biad zaru shel Yosef. So Yaakov Avinu um, was able to see, prophetically of course, with Ruach Hakodesh, that the children of Esav would be only able to be destroyed by the children of Yosef. And so because of this, Shanamar, it's based off the Pasuk that we just said, And so it's referencing that Pasuk in Ovadia that we just talked about. And so so now ya- Yaakov is able to feel comfortable enough to go home. And so Rabbi Kron relayed over, relayed over this Gemara. And then and then what he said is that this is also true for all of the children of Rachel, for, for Binyamin as well. And so if we see in last week's Parsha, Parsha's Bishalach, you saw at the end of the parsha, you saw a Malik. They were fighting. They were fighting the Jews. Why? It, they they attacked from the tail, and it says Asher Karcha Baderch. A Malik's entire ideology was about everything just happens randomly, whatever. Like there's no Hashkacha practice. If we look at if we look at Rachel's family and we look at how that um, affected her children, how it affected Yosef. Yosef gets out of prison, and it is the most powerful, the most climactic moment of his life. And Para asks him, "Hey kid." You know how to interpret dreams? Like, this is not the time to say anything that, that sounds like you're mocking anyone. But Yosef says, Nah, I don't know how to interpret dreams, but Hashem does. It's not me, it's Hashem. That's not the way that you answer a, a Vodazaradik pagan king. You don't answer him in the way of saying something about Hashkacha Pratis and Hashem and everything is from Hashem. But that's what Yosef did because he believed that in every fiber of his body and every, in every part of his core. And so because that, we see that's echoed, the child of Ephraim, his descendant is Yoshua. So throughout Jewish history, we see David fights all, fights all the nations. We see at other times, we see Shlomo fighting the nations. Shaul, usually the Jewish king, leads people in battle. 
And so asked Rabbi Kron the Shabbos, he said, how come Moshe didn't fight Amalek? How come Moshe sat down and just had his arms picked up by people and instead employed Yehoshua? And the answer is, is that Yehoshua, who comes from Ephraim, who comes from Yosef, right, and this, this prophecy fit him, he would be the only one that would be able to, to lead the revolution against Amalek. Because his family, the family of Rachel, was so was so into the, this ideology of nothing is random, everything is ashkachapratis, and we see this echoed in the Purim story, and that's where it's going to come up, which is that Mordechai is from Shevet Benyamin, another son of Rachel, and in order to try to destroy the Jews, what is Haman Haagagi, Haman who was a direct descendant of Amalek, what was his his decision in order to to how he was going to carry out the plan of destroying the Jews by lots Purim. That's what we named Purim after. He decided that the best way to kill the Jews who saw so clearly in their life everything with the hand of God was to was to try to kill them from a method of randomness. Oh, it just happened to be this day fell, and this is when you guys are gonna are, are all gonna be murdered. And the reason is is because they believed in Asher Karcha Baderch. Amalek believed in oh we just chanced upon you. This all just randomly happens. Everything just random chaos, random chaos. And so Binyamin, um. Who was, who was the daughter, who was a son of Rachel, excuse me, was Zohar to have a descendant in Mordechai, who was the foil to Haman and the antithesis to Haman, who was going to be able to to stop this plan, this plan of, of random chaos. And so that's why when we talk about in when we talk about in the Mishnahs that we're that we're about to we're about to open up after this lengthy introduction because I just thought it was such a profound idea that Rabbi Kron relayed over. That's why whenever we talk about it, we say that was a walled city in the time of Yeshua ben Nun. What, who cares if it's in the time of Yoshua ben Nun? So, Ravadi Bartanura is of the opinion that the reason why is because that's when Eretz Yisrael was at its finest. And during Kivash Aretz, during the time when the Jews were just barreling and steamrolling through all the other nations and conquering everybody. That's when Eretz Yisrael was at its pristine form. And we, we want to highlight Eretz Yisrael in its best form. And, and that's why we choose it. However, there's another opinion. And the opinion that Rabbi Kron said over in Shul, which is the opinion that it's best to honor someone like Yoshua ben Nun when talking about the Purim story in order to remember that he was the one that fought this. He is from Rachel, and he was the one that fought Amalek and fought their idea of randomness, and that's why we're using Yoshua ben Nun. That is just an idea that I want to say over. So now, starting off with the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, Ketzad, how so? So the question is, how are all the cases that we talked about in the previous year about when it comes out on the 11th day, the 12th day, the 13th day, the 14th day, the 15th day. How are all these cases fulfilled? And we're going to go through all of them right here, right now. So if the 14th day, the property when it's supposed to be read, falls out on a on a Monday, which like we said is one of those is one of those assembly days. They they read on the the, the small the small the small the large towns and the villages they read them on that day. And why? This is because, like we had mentioned yesterday, which is that they are coming anyways on Monday and Thursday. I had actually said, incorrectly I might add, I had said that the reason why they are coming is because every Monday and Thursday there is Torah reading, which was actually not enacted until until after the first Gullus, until the beginning of the second base HaMikdash. That was something that started in exile as a way to keep people familiar with the Torah. So really what they're going is for legal matters, is Every Monday and Thursday, they go into they go into town in order to in order to settle some of their legal matters um, with with and some of their strifes with their other people. So everybody would come, and so that's why they would leave the Miguel on that day. Just something I want to clarify. Mukafos and the Wall City was read it on the next day, the fifteenth. However, if it happened to be on 
on a Tuesday or on a Wednesday. Kfarim makdim and Knisa, the 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 um villages would move it back to to the Yom Haknisa, which would either be the thirteenth or twelfth day, depending on if it's a a a, a Ravii or a Shlishi. If it's a Wednesday, then then they're gonna have to move it back to the twelfth day of Adar. If it's if it's a Tuesday, they're gonna have to move it back back to the thirteenth of Adar. Um, Leoma Knisa, which would be which would be Monday, so they'd push it back to to Monday, either the thirteenth or the twelfth. Virus Gadolos Karim and the large towns would read it on that day, on the fourteenth. And then the walled cities would read it on the next day, the fifteenth. If the fourteenth day happens to be on Chamishi, on a Thursday. These large these large towns and also these villages would read it on that day. When that day being the 14th, because again, a Thursday is another Yom HaKnisa, so it's going to have the same rules as a Monday. It's another day of gathering. And in Mukafos, in these big walled cities, they read it on the 15th day. Chalios, but Erev Shabbos. If it happens to fall on a Friday on an Erev Shabbos. Kfarm Makdim and Liyom So these villages, they push it back to that Thursday, Thursday the 13th. Virus Gadolos. Ooh, Mukafos Choma Karin Bobayom. Finally, Mukafos Choma is going to join some of the rest of the other people before they've excluded themselves. But they're going to join in to read it on the 14th for the first time so far in our Mishnayos for one reason, which is that the the Chachamim made Xerah similar to that of the Xerah of Lulav that you're not able to shake Lulav, and then you're not also to, able to read to read from the Megillah on the Shabbos. And the reason for this is because since Megillah were so scarce among the population, they were afraid that people would carry from one house and from one domain to another domain. And so because of that reason, they 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 banned make they banned the allowment of reading the Megillah on Shabbos. And so and so because of that, you couldn't have it that it's pushed two days because then it would hit the sixteenth day for these walled cities. And we know that the first Mishnah said Lo Pachos Velo Yoter. That you're not able to read it past the fifteenth. And so now these walled cities are going to read it on the fifteenth. And the next situation is Chalios Bishabis. If it, the fourteenth happened to fall out on Shabbos, from virus Gadolos Maktim Knisa, these large towns and these villages, they push it back to Thursday the twelfth in order to read it, because again, that is a day of assembly. Umukafos Chomalamachar. And these walled cities, they push it to the next day to Sunday, which is the fifteenth. And then the last situation is Chalios Achar Shabbos. If it happens to fall out on Sunday, which is the day after Shabbos, it is interesting to note that the language that the mission uses is Achar Shabbos because we measure everything in terms of in terms of after the Shabbos is, is going to be our perspective. So starting from the Shabbos, that's when we start measuring. These villages, they bring it back to Thursday the 11th, which is where we get our 11th case from. And these large, these large cities read it on that day. Um, Sunday the fourteenth, Umakafas Khomalamakar and these large walled cities, they will read it on the fifteenth, the Monday the fifteenth on the following day. I'm sorry for taking up so much of your time. I hope that you forgive me. Tomorrow will be shorter, but I just wanted to share a little bit of that Megillah idea with you. And I hope that you are excited because we're now one day closer to the holiday of Perm. Have a wonderful day.